to positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. Welcome to the jam. Yeah, shut up and jam. Yeah, <laughs> Space Jam. How's is there a song in that movie? There is. Yeah. Well, there's a few. Everybody songs. get up! We got a slam now. Got a real jam going down. They they have a different one for the second one. Did the I? The second one is not a, a hit, right? Because the first one, those were it's uh, earth not shattering. a hit. Those were there was the Space Jam theme song, and then there was also I believe I can fly. I was gonna say I have say, a lot of complaints actually. I feel like I like it's memory hold, but that's an absurd reality that part of the original Space Jam film was convicted rapist uh, and like sex cult uh, head, guy. What's his face? He, R. Kelly. R. Kelly was he sang a fucking super dramatic song about. Michael Jordan stretching his arm like a cartoon so he could slam dunk and win the Space Jam game. Yeah. Wait, call me crazy though. That that song's not for Space Jam. That's just a song they use in Space Jam, right? Was I it not? It was for Space Jam. I, I mean, I Space Jam it does certainly ma- didn't thematically, hurt. Anders. <laughs> it matches up. It's like it's like poetry the way it matches up with the events of Space Jam. No spoilers here. We're not going to spoil what happens. But but they used to make like these two music movie tie-ins where they would come to yeah. the artists and then go like, "We'll pay you money to make a fucking thing." And then the music video has shit from the movie in it, which isn't the thing you see anymore. It's like a stupid '90s thing. But the music video for "I Believe I Can Fly" wasn't it like Space Jam shit? So it it, it appears there were two versions perhaps uh because if you google it, it says 95 which was when space jam was being filmed and then if you go on the wikipedia it says 96 for the album from the from the space jam soundtrack the image is r kelly in the background of uh with uh bugs and mj in front of him uh so i it is one of those things i think where it's like it's perhaps started out not tied to space jam uh, the Kiss from a Rose is a song for Batman. Well, that might be another one of these where they wrote it with something else and then they... Uh, get... They gotta get back to doing that, just getting Elton John to cover the events of uh, 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 Paddington 3 or whatever. Okay. So you're okay. a bear and Acor- you're going to the mall. According to R. Kelly, uh, this was for Space Jam. So I believe canceled yes, this comedian R. Kelly. Okay, That's I'm right. watching the video he's, right now, and it's him singing. They used to do this a lot too. It's him just standing in a fucking field and like looking up at the sky. He's in a cornfield, which is really funny. So he's like a he's just like a scarecrow or something, and he's like got his hands up in the air and he's singing at the sky. But behind him, there's a billboard, which doesn't make any fucking sense because he's in a well, maybe he's on the side of the road. And then on the billboard, the like scenes from the movie Space Jam are being projected, and like Lola Bunny is walking around and stuff. 
Oh no, Lola! Get Lola Bunny away from R. Kelly. <laughs> yeah. Those two are not meant to be together. Yeah, yeah that's why she had. The... She's legal. Well, that's why. Well, In what they... way is she legal? <laughs> <laughs> I think. She, I mean, by now she's certainly of age. That is a good point. Maybe not in 1996. Well, maybe she's not really. Yeah. If he, if she's she legal, one. he ain't interested. You know yeah, what I'm saying? She, okay, in in the in the original Space Jam, she's old enough to date Bugs. So, and he was certainly older than one. Bugs would be so lucky. Yeah, it, it, well, it's implied, but that is her first outing. She's kind of like born like Athena out of Zeus's head, fully formed. <laughs> right. You know? I mean, like, she's just an adult upon creation and is just ready to mingle. And then, in a way, kind of Benjamin Button ages in reverse where she loses sex appeal for the second film which as we all know is a big internet controversy lola bunny has been nerfed she got a Um, a breast reduction i think she's no longer stacked she was having back issues she's playing basketball it makes sense exactly it's hard to play basketball with big you know her boobs weren't that big they were just there and it was weird <laughs> That's also not true. That image that came out, people were making fun of the first. So the it's tricky the way they did it. The first image is like a picture of her with huge tits, and then the second one is the new Space Jam. And so the, it's supposed to make you think, oh wow, they changed and unsexualized this rabbit for the movie. But the first image, the one that they say is from the old Space Jam, is actually from like deviant art. So right. they're just fucking yeah. around and trying to yeah. mess with your like barren stained bare memory whole thing or whatever look i I watched the first half of this movie last night before my internet went out and they changed lola bunny (laughs) i will not be i will not be gaslit on my own radio program about the sexuality of this bunny i just watched both of them and i will tell you that i did not notice uh very much difference but then again it's hard for me to even pay attention to that sort of thing because i i've been trained to look at women's eyes oh my god Wow. Oh my god. You're such a gentleman. Uh, Funny anecdote here. R. Kelly's next single after I Believe I Can Fly is Gotham City. This man was stacking cash. Yeah. Just wait. So did they tie that into one of the Batman movies? Because I don't remember an R. Kelly song. Uh, It would be funny if they didn't and he just wrote a song about Gotham uh, to Batman and Robin. (laughs) Which is uh, the worst worst Batman. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the one where they're horny for poison ivy, right? Yes, and they have nipples, and they're, you know, I don't know if they show their... Sexuality in the 90s was just (laughs) run amok. Right. They didn't... I mean, like, I understand we're at a point of crisis now, like a convergence of uh, ideas, but, like, back then, things were out of control. It was very, like, not healthy. The... Once you put nipples on a Batman suit, things are not going well. Is the implication that we don't think Batman has nipples? Otherwise, we know he has nipples. He's a man. <laughs> I, yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it makes sense because they want room for the nipple to uh, be able to protrude and be comfortable. It's because he's we're supposed to understand he was wearing a normal Batman suit, but he was getting so fucking horny that his nipple would get hard. And then, like... It would rub up against the suit and not have any space to breathe. So it he needed through. He made uh, Alf- Alfred or the other Alfred. guy. He made Alfred. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman oh, makes true. the Lucius the, Fox. Yeah. He made Lucius Fox make him a suit, and he was like, you know, 
I'm having this problem. Can I tell you about it? Can I trust you with this? My chest hurts if you're picking up what I'm saying. It's like runners get it. You know, runners, they tape their nipples over. When I put a teenager's head through a wall, I I become aroused. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. Like, you could, you know, shoot a cannon at a lot of superheroes' nipples, Superman, and they wouldn't, you know, change at all. Batman is mortal, right? So his nipples chafe. So this is a necessary thing. You don't want to end up like one of my... An image that's seared into my brain is once I was uh, walking down Summit Avenue in St. Paul and I see this guy jogging in a yellow track tank top, bright yellow with two red streaks running down oh, God. his nipple. Yeah. And, you know, George Clooney didn't want to end up like him, so... I don't know why uh, they, they must have some sort of protective plate, or just there's the same thing, but it's not as visible in the uh, few, the Batman suits that came that were subsequent. I remember Christian Bale saying, and I think this is a pretty good point, is that the problem with Batman and Robin, one of the problems. Although I do, I did like the film because they airboard in it at the beginning, and that's just so fucking cool. Uh, but not a good movie. I understand in retrospect, and one of the issues Christian Bale pointed out is there's no variation in Batman's voice. He's the same guy as Bruce Wayne and Batman, and Christian Bale said he needed he, he uh, constructed a new voice to do, a different voice to do as Batman, because otherwise it would just be like he was into S&M. Well, That's what it seemed like when what George the... Clooney... Yeah, was walking around as Batman talking like George Clooney. Yeah, but that's what the... It's kind of the undertone of the entire thing, and I think that that film actually just kind of leaned into it in that it was, mm. you know, it was kind of fabulous, you know? It was like a, it was like musical theater. It was like Cats or something. It was, it was Schumacher. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. <laughs> it's another week. <laughs> oh, man. Hello. We're starting on Batman nipples and working backwards to the issues of the day. Yeah, this comes around to Cuba. How will it? Connect? No one knows yet, but it'll For happen. or against? We'll find out by the end of the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, foreign, uh, what's Forex? Uh, the, the currency? It's kind of like a vigilante's nipple. If you think about it, it needs to be protected. Yeah, let's just yes. uh, keep going. Um, what, what do you think Batman's and the JLA's stance would be on Cuba? Batman... Uh, would be an interventionist, I think. Batman, ha- he has I, the only experience I think he has that he probably has sour feelings about with Latin America is being thrown in that hole in Venezuela by Bane. So, what's that in Venezuela? I think so. Am I making that up? I think that fucking Bane is from Latin America, and I think it was Venezuela. And you know, the the third uh, fucking Christian Bale ah. movie, um, The Dark Knight Rises. Bane was portrayed as like a communist, like it was during Occupy and he was from Latin America and he was like, you know, the people's hero or whatever. But like the movie was like, and that's a bad thing. And it's good that Batman's a cop. It was like a it was fucked up. Like it was bad. It was Batman. I remember watching that movie and thinking, wait a minute, these Batman people may not be on my side. Fucking 10 or whatever years ago when it came out. It does. I mean, it matches the character. Batman as a character is going to be pro-intervention wherever it is. He just needs to go in places. 
He sees things and he penetrates them. That's why his nipples are constantly hard. <sighs> Batman probably would be. Yeah, Superman, I think his MO is just uh, people should uh, have food. So I think he would probably be against the embargo. And Green Arrow would be uh, Viva Fidel, Yo Soy Fidel. Uh, and that's probably the tension that exists what a in the Watchtower as they're hammering these things out. So I looked it up. Bane is was born inside a prison known as Penadura or Hard Rock on the Penadura? fiction Penadura, <laughs> like it's Hard Penaduro, Rock. the prison. No, all right, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> like a did you say Penaduro? Like it's a fucking pasta, hard pasta. That means hard penis. <clears throat> oh, cool. Um. A little joke for the podcast. On the fictional Caribbean island of Santa Prisca. So it's not actually a real island, but it's like, it's a fictionalized. It might be fucking Cuba. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the analog is supposed to be, but it's, it's, it's heavily implied that it is a, like, that it's a socialist country. Well, maybe this Cuba, because maybe they're trying to say, like, and Castro builds these prisons that yep. are just holes, and he throws Batman and Bane in them, and sometimes you're yep. born in the hole. You fucking leftist Rose emoji accounts don't understand about the hole. They break your back in there, and then you have to climb out. You don't know any real Cubans like Bane who <laughs> wants yeah. you to liberate well, that, him. That makes me ask, why does Bane talk like that? Like he's British? Why does Bane talk like that? <laughs> That's one of the big questions of the Cuba issue. <laughs> well, because he's actually he's from, like... <clears throat> he's actually from the upper class, right? I mean, he's white, and he's got a European accent. He's born in a hole. He, I don't think he was really born in a hole. I think that that's an op. <clears throat> because if he was born in a hole, he wouldn't talk like a British guy. I was raised in darkness. You're from Long Island. Yeah. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> I mean, ba actually, I think we figured something out. Bane is a fucking gusano because he's like uh, lying about where I was born in darkness. Yeah. And we're all like, you were born in Miami. Like, you're fucking lying, <laughs> Bane. My grandfather used to maintain order on the island. And just shut up. Your grandfather owned slaves. Free. <laughs> but then, but so then he's a Gusano communist. Oh wait, yeah, that's not a thing. No, this doesn't make any sense. You're right. There's got to be some of them. I'm well, maybe sure. no. Okay, maybe he's an op in that he is designed to make uh, communism look evil by you know being by beating uh, up Batman and stuff like that. Let's see, I don't, I don't know like how much to. <laughs> We're we're gonna we're only going to slightly dabble in Cuba today. But if you are listening and have no idea what the fuck we're talking about, there have been anti-government protests on the island in the last week uh, in regard to uh, conditions in the since the last year or so uh, since COVID have uh, very it's been very resource poor, and a lot of that is due to the beefed up Trump embargo that the U.S. has had for 60 years. If you want to know basic Cuba stuff, check out Blowback Season 2. It's coming out free now. It's really good. Did you so just plug that, another podcast on our podcast? Yeah! Wonderful. We've done that all the time. Read our... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's... Well, it, it's... Uh, yeah, some of the protests have been anti-government. There's also been pro-government... Uh, protests or marches or whatever but some of the pictures from them have been taken 
and reported as, oh, this is an anti-government uh, uh, demonstrator. Well, uh, you would never, like, look at what's happening in the United States and from, like, a foreign perspective and go, they all love their government, or they all hate their government, or they're all one way, or they're all the other, right? So I think this just speaks to, like, the reductive way that people look at places in the third world as, you know, kind of paternalistically, like, oh, they're all like this, they're all little children, and they're all mad at Fidel or whatever, you know? So, I mean... I think one thing that's been really interesting to read about this week in regards to what's happening in Cuba is that there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of different factions. That's like an annoying word, but like the, the thing that American media is trying to overblow is that, you know, one of these factions is kind of conservative and it's like, there's like Catholics and there's people with like American flags and stuff, but that's not really everybody. It might be a little alarming that that's like, a growing movement or something, but they're trying to portray that as like the entire country wants America to intervene or whatever. And, yeah. you know, there's still, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, are, are even like, I don't know, it's further. There are like, there's Marxist dissent from the Cuban government and stuff like that. And then there's also all these other different ways of looking at it. And there's anarchists down there and stuff like that. And there, you know, there's protests happening because there's a fucking crisis and there's a crisis for a lot of reasons. And one of those that will be never be brought up in American media is the embargo, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like been happening for over 50 years. It's clearly a, a part of the equation to say the least, you know? Right. And, it's, and it's people... just, if you're an Alex or an Anders <laughs> or a Jake, this specific, uh, uh um, protest movement is coming up for you in your life because of its specific media occurrence right now which is a very strange thing to look at because there there are protests happening but uh their intelligence agencies exist right so when you know an enemy state quote unquote has dissent going on in it the machine that stirs up dissent flicks on so, like, if you Google copy pasta of, like, I am Cuban and communism is hurting me and my desire for freedom, it will just be copy and pasted over a thousand counts with numbers on them because people are turning on armies of robots yeah. <laughs> to go get in on this. And so it's like you're lost in a maze online right now. I don't know when this is yeah. going to go away because it's... Well, the thing is, it's... purposes are really... The thing, and I don't know this for a fact, but it it does appear that a lot of these protests have already died down. So it could be the case that they're really not still happening, but they're still being still being represented that way. Um, well, I would go and, as far as maybe even to be paranoid enough to not to go. I, I mean, I've heard one or two people kind of joke this week, like, is did this story just happen because of the Haiti thing? Because like this just completely sucked the air out of the room, and now everyone is just talking about Cuba and. What happened with this whole assassination thing that's going on in Haiti? I, you know, that's the sort of thing you could never prove and probably isn't 100% to, you know, true, maybe not even 1% true, but like, that's what's so confusing about the media is you can't, you can't tell what the motivation there is. Why is this story like fucking front page news right now? I don't know. You know, it could be organically that it happened or it could be like orchestrated. On some level, probably a little bit of both. America has a complex with Cuba in general. So, like, if this, if more stuff goes on, I would like to do more on this. But, uh, specifically, specifically people in Miami 
have a lot of baggage with Cuba. And so there's like people posting that they're going to like take their boat and bring guns to the island and try to overthrow <laughs> the government from like your Instagram influencer account. And like shit might pop off. It's pretty interesting. Uh, we'll have to check back in on it soon. But in the meantime, holy fuck. <laughs> And despite what, you know, the mainstream media will tell you, I do have a girlfriend, and she has been to Cuba. Uh, She's been I to was, Cuba, which makes her Cuban. Yeah, tell the yeah. story. What happened here? Well, I did a segment, actually, before the Cuba SOS hashtag exploded, uh, because it's it's been, for a while now, uh, Cuba has been producing their own vaccines, and there is a shortage not of vaccines, but of syringes. So this is, you know, a, a case in point of the impact of the embargo. And yes, there are other issues there. Inflation is one. But uh, the embargo, and everyone, mostly, mostly everybody agrees, like, yeah, the embargo isn't helping. Uh, so my point to that, to people who are like opponents of the, the government there, is just like, okay, then great, we agree, let's get rid of the embargo. Because that's the most impact... We can have if you Americans. are if you are a socialist of any stripe, you should be absolutely anti this embargo. Or just every like year. a liberal or a moderate or any anybody, like because even they have admitted, yeah, the embargo. And this guy I was going back and forth with, he too the has UN. admitted the embargo. Everyone yeah. but America and Israel for like the last twenty or thirty years, right? Has and been the trying thing, to repeal this thing. <laughs> and the thing, and I said this in my segment for uh, Redacted, my other job on yes, it is on Russian state media, uh, but. The th under Obama, <laughs> for the past for the last couple of years under Obama, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N. was abstaining from the embargo vote. And under Trump, of course, they levied more sanctions as he was about to get out of there. Uh, and they also went back to voting uh, no, voting against the condemnation of the embargo. And Biden, rather than go back to the Obama policy, has kept the Trump one. They're continuing to vote no. He has not lifted any of of Trump's extra sanctions on top of the embargo. And it's had a very pernicious effect, especially under COVID. So my point was, my, the point of the segment was just like, we need to get rid of this stuff because it's preventing them from fully vaccinating their people. And of course, uh, Mr. Latin America expert logs on, Michael Dibert. Michael Diaper. Come on. Michael Diaper. That's what we're going to call him. Yes. He uh, drags me for not condemning cuba enough even though like the point of the segment was american policy which he agrees is a problem and we go into a back and forth and his point continually redounds to i know cubans better than you do i know a latin latinx person and they don't like the cuban government ha Does checkmate live in miami I'm, Something like that, but it's his like, name is Bane, and he's from a, a hole yeah. <laughs> in Santa Prisca. He's my friend. Yeah, but it's such a stupid point. Is this? And I think leftists need to stop doing this too. Everybody needs to stop. No matter your politics, like this is just a a point that gets us, an argumentation uh, strategy that gets us nowhere. When you say, "I talked to a person, and they thought this thing, and they were X, Y, and Z." And, you know, they have no response to, okay, I talked to another person of that same background, and they said, uh... It's, you know, I, I have a black friend. It's just right. the same fucking it's argument. It's literally that, anything. yeah. 
And so I have kept, a Cuban girlfriend. Right. <laughs> and he kept being like, have you known, do you know anybody who's been to Cuba? You haven't, you haven't, and I, by the way, I've wanted to go to Cuba for a while. Once I can afford to, I, I plan on going. And David now it's, Spector has been. David Spector's Recurring guest on the show. Right. Now it looks like if I go, end up going to Cuba, it's just to win an argument on Twitter. But uh, I do generally want to go. And my girlfriend has been, <clears throat> and she has learned that a bunch of the propaganda we learn about Cuba is bullshit. And I said that to him, and he's like, do you really have a girl? And he's questioning <laughs> my girlfriend having bona fides. Wow. So Does he that Google? That was a bridge too far. If you go into the, the Twitter like search and put Anders Lee here, I have a girlfriend, there's tons of proof. There's maybe documented proof going back years at this point, I would say. Right. The CIA knows about it. He can just ask his <laughs> friends there. Yeah. 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 Well, so Michael, D- he's it's a weird because I was looking up his stuff and it appears he wrote a book about Haiti that was like praised by Raul Peck and like a bunch of pretty uh, lefty people. Um, but it appears he had some like Hitchens type of brain fart, uh, you know, got he got brain damage or just like is totally was it opportunistically. 9/11? I don't know. I mean, maybe it was the anniversary of 9-11. I don't know. But it could have been Trump. Like, I mean, Trump did that to a lot of old people. There were a lot of... Like, he robbed right. by Cubans? Yeah. Maybe. That could be it. I don't know. It's very strange. And this is like a very waspy-looking nerd guy who's accusing everyone of not being, you know, of being too uh, sort of... We should have a segment that's just weird. Anders Beefs. Yeah, I would have I'd have to conjure some up because I, I don't really have enough. The way you do them, point. like Jake is constantly in a beef with every other person online. You know, we all know that mo. He's very advanced at it. When you do it, it's a beautiful new phenomenon that I think is worth investigating on a radio <laughs> program. Yeah, you develop deep, sordid relationships with <laughs> enemies like Michael Diaper. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Who yeah, doesn't think, think you have a real girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's always like a fucking college professor or something. Some, into- <laughs> You know, it's not interesting what I'm doing because it's just some dumbass comedian or something. But, uh, yeah. you know, Andrew's got into a fight with, like, you know, I don't know, fucking Michael Parenti or something. It would be it's fun. It's weird. <laughs> I don't think that would ever happen. But sure, I mean, sure, no, he's I'll, cool. I'll- find something to I'll, I'll go do a back and forth with him about facial hair i got into a fight one time with vincent d'onofrio and he blocked me it's just oh, weird yeah. I, you know it's about bernie or something like that he's just some dumbass <laughs> fucking hollywood liberal who yeah it was about lola bunny but uh it was weird though because i watched the cell like just ha- happened to like a couple weeks after that and the entire time i was watching it i was just like the guy in this movie like is really mad at me right now about bernie <laughs> sanders and he's also a, <laughs> a scary serial killer lunatic in this film oh, no he's really good at it though I can disconnect with actors. That's what you're supposed to be able to do, especially him. Mm. I think he's a certified crazy person, which is probably good if you're an actor. You need to be able to disconnect your personality and be sociopathic. So yeah, Absolutely you do. Like whenever somebody has it out for uh, like Jim Carrey or something like that, like, oh, for Man on the Moon, he was doing pranks on people and for faking his own death is like good this is how i want my actors i want them insane and menaces to society 
Yeah. This is the price we pay. They're going to be rich. We don't want them to be normal rich people. We want them to be lunatics out on town. We want them to be Christian Bale, not George Clooney. Yeah. Absolutely. George Clooney's a nice guy from everything I've heard. (laughs) Fuck him. (laughs) Well, speaking of uh, crazy people. If that uh, news came as a shock, (laughs) you're going to love this next segment. Some very shocking news this past week Folks. that I feel like was sort of uh, under the radar because of, you know, legitimate other uh, pressing stories um, is a court in uh, Massachusetts. Or I think it was a federal court. So uh, they overturned a ban that the FDA had placed on electric shock devices. Now, if we're getting really technical and into the weeds here, apparently this is, by the letter of the law, is not a shock therapy. It's instead uh, a, a variation of quote-unquote adverse conditioning uh, is what it's called. And so, it's like a fanny pack? Yeah. it's metal it, in it? It's uh, yeah. So it, I don't think it's to your brain. It's like to other parts of your body. Um, the fuck? Yeah. So, but it's called a graduated electronic decelerator, and they're like, "Oh no, no, no! Yeah, it is an electric shock device, but it's not electroshock therapy." Uh, so what's it for? <laughs> it's her behavior modification. It's for people who have been diagnosed with learning disabilities. Uh, yeah, it is a backpack. As Alex said, um, and it has a shocking device in it, and it affixes electrodes to the skin and the staff. And this is only used, just to be clear, this is only used at one school in Massachusetts. Uh, in Sorry, at any time, at, at any, Yeah, right. It's Alex's uh, fault. That's how he got <laughs> like this. Yeah, he used to work there and had a lot of fun. Uh, being a staff member where he was allowed to shock students at any point during the day. Oh my so god. So you don't, Look, you don't know when I it's I can't coming. hold a real job. <laughs> All I know how to do is shock mentally disabled adults. <laughs> well, okay. This is interesting. So we know our medical history, right? We know that like shock therapy is one thing that they used to do that was uh obviously very like archaic and and stupid and it's weird to look at the recent past and go we used to think that it cured depression to electrocute people because it would like temporarily create a sense of euphoria or whatever but this thing that you're describing the behavioral stuff is uh this is different i remember reading about this in like that book neurotribes about Uh autistic people uh and how they used to I mean, essentially, all they were doing, it's so fucking stupid. There's like one doctor who's clearly just a sadist who was doing this and pushing it real hard was shocking a child who was diagnosed with autism out, you know, out of behaving the symptoms of whatever fucking was going on with them. Yeah. It was a great make work program for like human centipede doctors. Yeah. And they used to do it to to trans kids, too. To yeah. shock them out of, you know, performing the gender that actually, you know, exists inside of them or whatever. Right, because right. the medical consensus back then was that it was 
uh, mental disease. So right. this is just what they... I don't know what you're doing. Stop it. Shock. Well, also, the, yeah. the idea was that if you changed, like... It, it's like, uh, fuck, what is it, like, behavioral, whatever? Um, there's, like, a theory of it. It's really stupid, I think. Modification? Yeah, I mean, the, the idea was that if you change someone's behavior, that, like, reverse engineers their personality. So if you're not right. performing a behavior, then it does not exist inside of you, and then it'll just cease to happen, which is fucking stupid. It's the plot of Clockwork Orange. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Anders, so there's an article about this in the New York Times you sent us, and I am, of course, very anti the shocks. The article had some interesting examples in it I would like to hear more from you about. Um, it ends... So there are people at the school with, like, very severe behavioral issues, like, where they will hurt themselves very badly or throw up all the time or attack other people. And uh, all, all these experts and, and, and uh, nonpartisan groups are getting involved saying that the shocks are torture, <clears throat> but then there's, like, a few dissenters from families who send children to the school. And totally open window, these could also just be people who are sadists and uh, are just frustrated with these people and want them shocked. But the article ends with a guy who they stopped shocking and then made himself deaf by slamming his head against a wall or something. Right, so... What, what do you do... <laughs> what is this? Well, okay, so... Uh, yeah, there are families out there who... And this is not uncommon, where uh, there will be some fucking deranged-ass treatment thing they do to a kid who's diagnosed with autism, and the family will be like, oh yeah, it, it, this worked. Uh, and this works because it's, this is essentially a taser, right? So if you're a cop and you're tasing somebody to do what you want them to, then it has a degree of effectiveness. And by the way, there have been kids who have been stimming, just flapping their hands or whatever, and they've gotten tased by cops just for looking weird. Um, so that's that's the same kind of mentality. Uh, but that literally is what they're doing at the school. Yeah, they're just tasing kids. And uh, so basically... Sometimes you can modify the behavior, uh, and but in this case, the one you mentioned, um, once they stop the behavior, or once they stop the shocking, he it was even worse. So he he ended up going blind from self abuse. Blind, so, that was it. I said deaf. I think. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, maybe it works for a little while. You can get them to stop this thing, but if you're not actually going to the root of why they're doing that then eventually, you know, when they don't have the shock therapy, it's going to get even worse. So this is It doesn't just, seem very medical. I'll give you that. It's not. It seems, and it, seems it, real shooting from the hip-like. Shocking from the hip, yeah. It's the torture. It has been... The UN considers it torture. Uh, FDA has ruled that it causes long-lasting trauma, um, but the court shot down the ban... For this one school, which is called the Judge Rottenberg Educational Center, and because it's named after a judge, I think the court was biased. And so... You don't think it's a Judge Reinhold situation? I think it's... Well, I, I think it wouldn't matter. As soon as they hear judge, they're like, oh yeah, that's legit. <laughs> I've heard all I need to hear. A judge is a judge in my book. I love those guys. <laughs> this is a court. Give them the hammer! This is where they're from. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So the, you got the staff member. So this uh, school has about 300 students. Uh, it's been around since 1971. Um, 
and there's 55 people who are all adults who are, have been guiding this shock therapy or whatever treatment bullshit since they were kids, uh, and their parents have okayed it. They're basically like, yeah, there's no other way we can control them. They need to, um, they need the shock, uh, and, uh, their son must taste the lash. Yeah. And it's abused a lot. Uh, there's a video of a kid who's 18 at the time who was shocked because he didn't take off his jacket. So, yeah, maybe you could kind of justify it if someone's hitting themselves in the head or hitting other people or whatever. But this literally was just he didn't want to take off his jacket and he was shocked. It's just like a principal of the school that's just like, you know, covered in like he's got like X-Men, like shock staffs and stuff like that and like weird shock weapons. And he's just like mad with power. Right. Well, yeah. so I think we've all been to, like, a high school assembly where they're like, no hats. Now imagine that you're <laughs> hooked up to a series of electrodes. Yeah, your hall the monitor. New, no hat policy has a new meaning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the hall monitor has learned to do Emperor Palpatine force lightning if he gets no, angry enough. No. I mean, that is probably going to be some dystopian Bezos-run charter school where every kid is for autistic kids and they're all hooked up to a, one of these fucking things and the teachers can do it at any moment. That's a that's a behavior, like, that's a authoritarian <coughs> teacher's dream, to just be able to any kid at any time. Uh, and uh, there's... So, <coughs> basically, there is no evidence that this, ha this leads to any long-term behavioral changes, right? You can maybe modify it in the short term, but in the long term, it increases depression, anxiety, PTSD, gives you pain, burns, tissue damage. Uh, you, there's just other yeah. ways to treat these kids. This is a very, you know, gratifying thing if you're a fucking psycho, uh, and it's not actually helping the people that they, they say it is. And really, again, this is about the families. And here's a hot, spicy takes. Uh, families Ooh. with special need kids can be some of the most awful fucking people, self-righteous pieces of shit on the planet. Mine excluded, but other Ooh. families will... I, I've hot. encountered this several times working in the service industry where you'll go up to you know a table or, or a kid will be ordering food a cute, you know, nice little kid will be ordering food and their parent needs to announce to the entire restaurant uh, they're mentally challenged. So they can, you know, and they want to get a free fucking bagel or whatever because they're so brave for having a, a kid with a, a learning disability. And that that's stigmatizing behavior. You know, if you if you tell your kid from age four onwards that there's something wrong with them, you need to announce that in every public space. That's a traumatizing experience. It also just makes people like me furious who have to serve these parents and families. Um, yeah. That's a generalization. Of course, there are lots of, of parents who are, are great and uh, treat Hot their kids take. well. But, yeah, that's and I'm that's what, where this, this comes from. This is for the parents. This is not actually helping the, the kids, uh, some of whom are adults, adult children. It's, it's because the parents want to be able to have a Thanksgiving dinner without uh, Johnny flapping his hands. Or something. So, this was like a, a, a state law or a federal law? FDA. So, it was a federal regulation. And it was shot down by a court. Yeah. Uh, but as far as I know, it's only this one school who does it. But um, 
that could change. Uh, and the reason I say that is because, and this leads me to another related story, as, you know, the diagnosis of autism has been increasing. Uh, that's been the trend over the past few decades. And that's not because there's anything different in the water. That's not because of the vaccines. It's not because of really any physical, you know, phenomenon. It's because the criteria has gotten bigger. Uh, so... Right. The only thing in the water are microplastics that will never dissolve. And those aren't giving you autism. They're just going to kill you faster. They're just going to give you cancer. <laughs> well, I heard that AstraZeneca vaccine gives you autism. Is that true, Anders? Just specifically that one? I'm just I fucking mean, around. I, I got to finish my taxes up, so I hope so. I, I could use some extra autism for the, for the math. You, it's July, man. Do you know anyone who got the AstraZeneca <laughs> vaccine? I feel like that was the least popular one. That was the uh, Europe I one, know. I thought. That was Eurovision. Oh, okay. We didn't even get it over here. That makes sense. Yeah. I thought it was like, I got special. Johnson & Johnson. I'm waiting to die. Anyway, yeah, I'm just that's... kidding. Obviously, you're right. It's the fucking criteria that's increased. It's, right. it's like, uh, what do they call it's... this? Third factor problem in, in science. Like, that yeah. uh, I identified core... Uh, co- correlation as causation that's what that's what anti-vaxxers right. get wrong is they think that the fact that time is moving forward uh you know they, they think the fact that vaccines came out around the same time that the criteria for autism diagnosis increased you know means that that vaccines are why the fucking uh, diagnosis increased but no obviously it's because we just kept identifying more shit Causation. There was a craze in the in the 90s, and you know that's it's gotten a little more general right now. It's just uh, autism spectrum disorder. But you know, when I was a kid, I got tons of those different diagnoses, and I was on the cusp. So if I was just a few years older, I would have been uh, labeled as what I am, which is an idiot, and that would have been fine. Um, <laughs> nice. But is instead, Batman in the Dark Knight Rises coded autistic? Some have suggested this. Uh, I think maybe Christian Bale was diagnosed with Asperger's or something. That's why he's so strong. I was going to say maybe Bane because he was like, they probably shocked people in the hole, right? Well, maybe Uh, not him. How would they get the shocks into the hole? How do they get anything in the hole? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. They have TVs and shit down there. He would have died on the way down. Um, But anyway, this is a, here's another story. Related topic, which made me pretty pissed off, uh, and it goes to this um, point, which is a hill I have decided to die on, which is that, yes, there are situations in which getting a diagnosis for autism is a good thing, right? If, especially if you're an adult, uh, gives you a sense of, you know, catharsis, uh, which is great for you, and, uh, you know, in a lot of situations, it gets you access to care uh, that you and resources you wouldn't get if you're quote-unquote neurotypical. However, I think we would be better off ultimately without the label. Uh, I don't, I reject my diagnosis. Um, and the reason is, well, p- part of the reason is, is because there are a lot of other situations where it actually makes things worse. You know, the social stigma, the electro, it, it enables doctors to use that shock therapy if they really want to. And if you're in that specific school <clears throat> for now, could spread. And another reason is, uh, embodied by a young man named Tori Ridgway, who was a high school senior, and uh, when he was a little kid, was diagnosed with autism. And the doctor said to him, uh, you are a defective person, basically. Uh, you're not going to be able to uh, graduate 
high school, college, you're not going to be able to hold a job. You're just there. You are autistic. There is something different and wrong with you based on the way you're behaving as a four-year-old. It was a predictive thing for the rest of his fucking life. And it turned out to all be bullshit. Uh, he was able to um, get through school fine. A lot of the predictions that the doctors made based on his behavior, again, as a toddler, did not really predict anything that had to do with the rest of his life. And he wrote an essay about this as a high school senior to get an ROTC scholarship. But it was a great essay. He was like, everything I that they would they told, all the limitations that I was supposed to have were wrong as a little kid. Uh, and I'm doing great now. I'm in the ROTC program. I want to serve in the military like my dad. Uh, which, you know, different topic as to whether or not that's a good idea. But uh, And they were like, great. And they gave him this ROTC scholarship. But after you get the scholarship for the essay, then they do a physical and they go over your health records. And the military saw he had an autism diagnosis. So they're like, eh, sorry, you don't get this scholarship that you got because of your great essay about how you were diagnosed with autism. But It's it like juicing. Up- for essays. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, but it's not so, fair to the other kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll also, like, uh, you know, uh, well, I, I tend to agree with Anders that the diagnosis is stupid. It's a stupid way of looking at it. You're on some level diagnosing, you know, weirdness or just like a kind of type of personality or something. And you might go as far as to say that some of these people are nerds. I don't think would be too hard of a generalization to make if I was a stand-up comedian. Here's what I'm getting at. I've met a lot of people who are were in the military, and we, in our culture, like to think of them as these big macho fucking truck-driving guys. They're the dorks. Among us. The military is full of dorks because, like, you know, they come to your high school. They're like, do you play Call of Duty? You want to do that in real life? Here you go. And you got these guys who are like, you know... I mean, just nerds. Like, uh, what's you sh- your favorite kind of uh, military ad? I like the ones that are vaguely skateboarding related, because that's not even kind of coming up in the army. Maybe not yet. Not until they they uh, they bring out until those... the hover tanks are finished. Dude, there's like real the hoverboards now. There, there's like a there's videos of these fucking people riding around L.A. Yes, and I shit. That. that was crazy. <laughs> Times Square, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the... Um, That's the last place you should have a hoverboard. It really is, but... Well, it makes sense for commercial reasons. They already banned the the fake hoverboards in New York. You gotta have the real one. It's the yeah, bias for the rich. Because uh, teens were becoming too powerful. Right. Yeah. What is this, Space Jam, they were saying? Uh, they were saying that. That's what they were saying, they were folks. Saying it's, so, it's so sad, but that's what they were saying. My favorite military commercial was the ones from the 90s, where it was like... Uh, you you have a sword and you're it was Marines I'm pretty sure and you're like fighting a knight yeah it's like yeah. An allusion to the Middle Ages because they didn't you know have uh, wasn't clear where the next battlefield was going to be yet in the sand <laughs> or in the they were working on that new Crusade uh, pack that we got ten years later right good um, news we're taking I'm, Byzantium <laughs> that's what I'm telling you man it's always different types of nerds that they market towards so like what's what's next you know like eventually they're they're just gonna be like you know like 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 uh hey are you a furry do you want to kill a family in a third world country 
pretty cool, huh? The commercial is the yeah. guy, you know, in his fursona, and he's just, like, got an assault rifle, and he's doing justice or whatever. If you like wearing your fox suit, you'll love wearing our anti-personnel body armor. Yeah, hell yeah. They gave you the Iron Man suit. You should be doing Dude, all this stuff not they're in gonna the military. Give to, with their, that's what they're going to give to autistic kids in the military. That's going to be the accommodation. Autistic kids sue, great, great market to pick up for the military. Definitely untapped. Right, but they're going to do uh, Iron Man suits for them, or Batman suits, potentially, uh, so they can with shock the, them when they're misbehaving. Oh, yeah, that's a double-edged sword. Yeah, yeah, and it has nipples, for in case you get too horny while you're right. doing... <laughs> But <laughs> the American army is over their nipple swords. I think uh, a whole market that has also not been tapped, and you won't have to shock them, but just like a a very aggressive subgenre of the American species, right? And they're you know you can get them to you know kill a family or whatever. Um, pickup artists. Oh, there you go. Yeah, mm. yeah. Extremely vulnerable, like people looking to be marketed to. Uh, persuasive. They've learned physical tricks. You know, you can get them to go undercover. <laughs> yeah, I could see like this, like the intelligence world kind of farming pickup artists for their interpersonal manipulative skills to be like spies and stuff. But then you would, it would be really obvious when the guys hang out in your anarchist group and he's trying to use pickup artistry <laughs> to like get you to build a bomb or something by like wearing a top hat and insulting you or whatever. Right. Well, that yeah, that's the thing is they peacock, which means they try to stick out, which is not a great trait in a spy who's trying to fit in. Except you don't think that a spy would stick out, so then you know it's not a spy, but it is a spy. Interesting. Reverse psychology. Yeah, and it, you won't be able to a... handle falling in love with him as he plays his mandolin or whatever and, like, wears a big <laughs> puffy shirt. Has everybody do, uh, do, do, like, peacocking with, like, the Slipknot mask? <laughs> that would be that, awesome. That's the final yes, form. the guy from Slipknot, probably. Everyone in Slipknot is peacocking, but they all showed up in the same costume. Do you think that band gets laid? Like, people are like, Absolutely. I want to fuck the, the trash so. can clown. Oh, he's so hot. <laughs> oh, bang me like your trash can. Yeah. Well, I wonder the, if they get keep recognized. Keep the clown mask, the mask on. Yeah, they probably have to keep the masks on at all times so they can get picked up by chicks. Yeah. Shirtless, um, but still wearing a clown mask. Yeah. But, point is, suffice to say, a diagnosis of any kind, unless it's like there's hard evidence that this is a lifelong malady, whatever the, whatever it is, you know, physical thing, whatever, for the most part, a diagnosis, especially an autism diagnosis, is a snapshot in time. So something someone tells you as a four-year-old doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the way your life is going to be and the way you behave as even a ten-year-old let alone an 18-year-old or a 40-year-old. So, people, you know, I, I've i uh, banged this drum quite a bit over the years, but... Trash can, you banged this trash can. I banged this trash can like <laughs> Oscar. Um, but autism is not a trans-historical category. It is a, an invention, and it is a historically contingent one. It depends on the time and place that you are diagnosed, and that diagnosis does not define you. So, uh, if you want to call yourself autistic, I'm not going to stop you, but I think there should be more recognition of people like 
me in general, just, uh, you know, gingers uh, in general, but especially people who decide that their diagnosis doesn't apply to them. That's an option that I feel like we don't make available and that, unfortunately, a lot of the uh, autistic self-advocacy people who do a lot of great work, they try to shut that down when people say, you know what? I'm a dumbass. I'm not autistic. I don't need this diagnosis. I'm I'm me. I'm stupid. I'm weird in some ways. In other ways, not. This diagnosis does not apply to me because it can mean ev- anything and everything to anyone. Uh, so ultimately, we would be better off without it. IMO. Yeah. People like Anders, men with girlfriends. Yes. Yeah, man. I mean, there's like late, like, I think the term is labeling theory or something like that. There's like a term, it has like a different term in sociology than psychology, but like the deal, you know, like the general concept is like you are affected by having the thing like identified on you at all times and that like affects the thing itself and over the course of right. years you know if you did a fucking twin study if you raised two kids who ostensibly are the same and then labeled one of them one thing and the other one not you probably see a difference you know right. it's self-perpetuating it's you know if you're told over and over and over again like you oh you can't graduate from college then guess what you're probably not going to graduate from college but if you learn at some point oh that's actually bullshit i actually can uh, read books and write long essays. I just haven't been practiced at it. And you actually do it and expand your brain. Uh, then you it shows how fucking contingent and malleable and bullshit all of these labels are. Yeah. At a minimum, there should be a law where other people can't shock you like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> like a dog. Yeah. You also probably shouldn't shock dogs unless I don't. Nah. Well, we can't it's even just get stop into shocking. Stop shocking things. Right. We don't need tasers. I, I can't. I've never seen a video, and you know, I for obvious reasons, the the, uh, the abuse is uh, more common, commonly filmed than shown to people. But there's so many videos of tasers being abused. Like, how often is that actually a good idea? Where it's well, here's almost don't tase me, bro. That I mean, that's <laughs> the thing that made it famous. Right there, people should have said, "Why are we doing this? Why do cops Why are have we doing these it? things?" Have you ever been well, tased? Let's let cops win a fight because we're afraid to go into the reality we should be living in which is like in the uk where you get to street fight the police one-on-one tekken style yeah and he's got a stick so he's got like a small advantage but you should be allowed to win if you're right about what you're doing yes um yeah yeah. you're just really good at karate we also just have like american capitalism so there's just some company that's just pumping out like tasers and shit and just has to figure out a way to convince everyone that they need to exist and be there or whatever like that company that we talked about a long time ago um on this show that that like you remember when the the cops were busting out like uh shock shields they had like electric shields and stuff like that and like these big prong cattle prod things called like the fucking claw or whatever and like shock you know hands so they could do force lightning on you and stuff like that that all came out of like one company you know and it's like of course somebody's got this technology they got to figure out a way to convince people it has to exist to be made and all this stuff. It's fucking dumb. That stuff should only exist. Here's my hot take. Just for fun. Just for fucking around for with your friends. Because uh, <laughs> there's probably a market for that. Incorporate it into the laser tag. Um, you know, do jackass stuff with it. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've been there tased. There should be a federal jackass program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I've been tased by uh, last year when uh, the cops tackled me. I got tased. It was really annoying. That sucked. But I've also got drunk and tased by friends, and it's a pretty good time. So just let all all distribute it for you. I'll do the marketing. It's weird that all of the problems we have with like uh, 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 law and order, military equipment stuff. There there are companies with like a few hundred employees where people go to the same office every day and are like. What about robot dogs? <laughs> Let's try robot dogs. And then Britain? they like push it through. Yeah, it's an Australian company. They oh, call Australian. it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know what I. It's, you just go to an office every day and then like create problems for the world. Wait a minute. I thought that those dogs came from Boston. I feel like you're trying to hide that. I. I know. It's a big bone. No, this is Boston accent. People from Boston Dynamics. It's funny when people who are from an area try to do that, and they don't have the accent, try to do the accent of the area. It sounds like a different accent. It's weird. Like I'm bad at doing a Minnesota. That's true. Minnesota. I'm uh, just saying, what if we forget about the things Boston has done and move forward to all of the backwards <laughs> tech com- companies in upstate New right. York? So far, we've there's yeah. a lot of them. <laughs> Massachusetts so far today. Uh, allows the tasing of autistic people. <laughs> we may, we brought you Dunkin' Donuts, and this is how you treat us. <laughs> Wait, ser- serious question. If you tase yourself in the testicles, does it uh, prevent you from busting too early during intercourse? Uh, Only one way to find out. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a 50-50 chance you just bust right away. Oh, yeah. That would be weird yeah. if you were like, like it activated your nerves or whatever, and you just well, all your muscles are going to go AWOL the second that thing gets involved down there, so I don't you know, know what, they, what that means. But I would actually be okay with if if the cops had an orgasm phaser. That'd be cool. Like, yeah. That'd you be... say that until the, it comes out and there's <laughs> abuse of the orgasm phaser, and we're like, this is worse than any of the other things we've seen so far. Right. Probably that, not a good idea. Do you, you don't orgasm phase me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember um, that guy who like fucked up his he had, like slipped a disc and it fucked up his nerves in some really specific way and he couldn't stop coming? It just like he just his whole life was just orgasming over and over like and over that. again. Uh, well, he said it ruined his life. Like he hated it because it doesn't feel good after the third time in a fucking small period or something like that. And uh, he like he went to his own father's funeral and he just couldn't stop coming and shit. It was like, it was so funny because he wrote like a personal essay about it. And it was about how sad it was supposed to be. But like, come on, man, like no one else can relate to this enough to empathize without yeah. laughing at this. You know? right. I mean, he could have been just making it up. Also, it could have been one of those weird, uh, it could be one of those weird internet stories. It's like not actually true. Yeah. Anyway, what uh, I'm saying is I don't think but, it would actually be good if the cops had those guns because they think right. After a while, you would be like, come on, man, I just want to have a cigarette and glass of water. Could you stop? <laughs> you know? Yeah, probably not a good idea. They give cops uh, anything, really. Um, but speaking of which, new technologies used for ill. The uh, Biden administration, of course, is taking a new stance symbolically on immigration. They're very upset, very, very angry, speaking of judge rulings, about the latest DACA sort of uh, knocked down through the courts. Um, it, Biden has said that's bad news. He doesn't like it at all. Uh, but one thing that he uh, does like is the concept that some are calling 
the smart border, which is a series of technologies to surveil the border uh, because they don't like the wall. The wall is Byzantine. The wall, the physical infrastructure of the wall is uh, stupid and wrongheaded and reactionary and all those things. We don't do that. We don't are... you guys love the Democratic Party? Oh, yeah. Are you guys just like, aren't you thrilled to be part of it and just That's like right. be in their camp <laughs> while they make the electric dog fence for people <laughs> yeah. along the Mexican border? <laughs> it's a smart border, folks. It's, uh, it's, yeah, so... And by the way, so the reason, a big reason for this anyway, is uh, these smart border companies, the contractors that are making this shit, uh, they gave Trump, during the 2020 election, they gave the Trump campaign $1,730,435. That's a lot of money. But they gave Biden $5,364,994. Uh, so uh, a lot more. Uh, to Biden, and he has um, so far served them pretty well. Um, basically, uh, the it's called prevention through deterrence, um, and uh, what it does is through artificial intelligence, autonomous towers, camera surveillance, um, they see where people are coming. And uh, they, they, they close it off there somehow. And it's led to a lot of deaths. Uh, Biden is renewing contracts with them. Um, and this is about deterrence, right? So they, the, the towers are 33 feet tall. They're equipped with night vision, radar. They detect, they classify all moving objects. And uh, the uh, migrants will try to go around the towers um, but they see where they're going and they, uh, close them off, uh, and they basically funnel them into the deadliest routes and that's how they end up dying. Cool. So they're just making it more and more dangerous to cross the border and it's leading to more deaths. Wow. That's so much more humane than the wall somehow. Yeah. It's In like... You know what, never mind. I was going to say, it's like when you catch a spider and put it outside only for it to immediately be eaten by a bird, but then I remembered that real people die this way, and it's a bad analogy. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you didn't say that. Yeah, good Thank thing you God, didn't say that. Thank God that's not on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> you know we're not on the radio, right? He keeps using that word radio. It might as well be the radio. <laughs> it's the modern Is it radio. the radio? Right in. We don't Apparently, really this is a bugaboo my, my old man has, is when people say broadcasting and they're podcasting, that's incorrect. We're not, podcasting is Shut incorrect, up, too. Anders, Dad. We're not on an iPod right now, we're on a phone. What are we, so what are we doing right now? We're recording. That's it. Okay. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, recording a radio pod. I don't know. Anyway, uh, it's not like that spider thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean that's really sad, and I uh, yeah I that's I hate Joe Biden so much that everyone I get dumb fucking dumbass liberals man these boomer ass old people think that he's gonna like he's a return to Obama which also would not have been good but I think what everyone forgets about him is that he he was on the ticket to balance out Obama by being right. like really right wing. And balancing out this image of this guy, Barack Obama, who was running for president, who's being called a socialist because he was black and he was talking about free health care and stuff like that. So he, 
I mean, it'll. I mean, he's making just so much. To tie the conversation back for a second, Barack Obama was ending the Cuba embargo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because I was thinking Instead, about that earlier. We have the worst it's one, where not... the guy we all agree is insane, put up because we are hoping this one will finally crack him. <clears throat> right. I mean, that's the thing. It's not a different. It's not a question of like going back. It's uh, a, it's a question of how many degrees forward are we chugging along towards oblivion. Uh, yeah. So. He's not going to reinstate the good Obama stuff. He's just maybe going to, you know, make some changes that are not as bad as as Trump. Uh, or it's know, not it's, a wall. It's, it's an electric fence. <laughs> it's infrared. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's, it's smart technology. That's what it's sucks just, I mean, so this is the same it. shit under Obama too. With the drone strikes, is they had human rights scholars um, actually talking about how. Oh well, the drone strikes are actually—they're cleaner warfare because it's—it's uh, it's over quicker, right? Somebody gets blown to smithereens; they don't even feel it. It's much better than you know dragging. What a an psychopath you'd have to be to like write that down. It's an app. It's like Pokemon Go. Like when you're watching the little people come over the the border. Hey, that's a Porygon. Go catch him. That's Pony-Gon? a Gengar. Oh, it's a good one. I don't fully understand how it's like Pokemon Go, but I'm willing to entertain the idea. <laughs> it's augmented reality, man. It's fun for you to do on your phone. Yeah. But one positive thing, and this is maybe not positive, but I, I want to try to end on a one po- thing. positive note. One thing. Neutral. Potentially positive. The antitrust enforcement has gotten more robust over the past few months of the Biden administration. A uh, scholar who has been described as a hipster antitrust person, uh, Lena Khan. Hipster? That, that's, yeah. So there's this <laughs> new movement among sort of legal scholars and uh, pointy-headed professors and lawyers and uh, Elizabeth Warren types called uh, the New Brandeisians. What the Lu- fuck? Yeah. Louis Brandeis was a Supreme Court justice who was an anti-monopoly guy. He, uh, smaller was better, according to him. Uh, no comment on his, uh, sexual picadillos, but, uh, not picadillos, penis. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. I I don't know what is. I get the joke you're making. He, uh, was was an opponent of monopolies and, uh, instituted, helped institute all these laws in the early 20th century that we don't use anymore so we effectively don't enforce them and uh so for a while now people in different government agencies bureaucrats and stuff have been saying we why don't we should break up these uh big firms or we should at least regulate them better and then uh people at like the ftc where alina khan is now the chair have been saying oh we don't do that it's bad for the market uh according to a judge in the 80s that made this kind of the streamlined thing that the Reagan administration took up was um, that this is bad for consumers to break up monopolies because it makes things more efficient when there are mergers, which uh, has proven to not be true. Um, based on all this research that people like Lena Khan has, have done, and now she's in the FTC, the question is, what direction, where is this going to go? Because I, of course, we are of the opinion that uh, antitrust is not... It's not really good or bad, right? If you break up Amazon into seven Amazons that are competing, it's not necessarily that much better 
right? And that's that's the sort of the thrust of Biden's executive order uh, last week, which is we need more competition in the market. And it's true. Uh, Wall Street, uh, the, just the business quote, community, quote unquote, and at large hates this. They hate Linicon, the Wall Street Journal's freaking out because they don't want to be regulated. Um, but the question of like, is this actually going to matter? And as socialists, should we be excited about this? Uh, I think it's too early to say one way or the other. I totally take the arguments of, you know, the Doug Henwoods, and I agree with them, right? This is not really a socialist priority. What we need to do is nationalize. Yeah, I know. Um, it's a fucking band-aid. This is not socialism. It's Yeah, it's not socialism. However, this is, and I'm searching for a grain of positivity here. The fact that uh, uh-huh. the FTC, for example, is using the law to uh, block a, for instance, a pipeline that Warren Buffett wanted to instate recently. Uh, and there are laws on the books that will stop that sort of thing. That's good, right? It's good that they're stopping the pipeline. And the question for us, if we're talking about nationalization, and I think Amazon should be na- nationalized, is how do, how do you prepare people for what that would entail? Because I think if you talk to the average person who does support Healthcare being nationalized, right? Uh, but you you go to a thing like commodity production and, and say Amazon, that the you know a lot of people might not be as comfortable with that. If you say the government's going to take over Amazon, they don't like Amazon, uh, and this antitrust stuff is very popular, um, but that's a little murkier, right? If you take it over, this well, could potentially it- prepare people for that because you actually have the government for the first time in generations actually coming in telling firms how big they can be, uh, and using regulations to improve things. Um, the question Does it is, matter is gonna... if it's popular? What it do doesn't mean? seem like anything is decided by what is popular. Yeah, like was you were... the smart fence popular? It just happened. <laughs> no, it's, but... it's a matter of power, and th- there is no left movement in this country that is even sort of close to to a power I see what could I mean for us it does uh, I think for elites it doesn't matter if it's popular or no but for us if we want a mass movement to do something like take over Amazon expropriate it then we do need it to be popular and we do, do need to be, people to understand what, what but this I, is what d- I'm saying dude like through what means by like going into the warehouse and passing out the soda streams or like <coughs> actually inheriting political machinery because that seems like what we're talking about and it seems like the position you're in in terms of taking power in this country and everything this issue like every other issue goes from square a back to square z which is that we just need to go ahead and build a mass movement with actual control for any of our whims to work out like it doesn't it doesn't matter if you, if you don't have any power. I mean, I know I yeah. understand the argument you're making, Anders, and I, I think it makes sense but to a certain degree. But I don't. You could just go in circles forever, kind of talking about this because the 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 problem with stuff like that with half measures is, is that then that becomes the the standard, and the, those people that buy into stuff like that and are convinced because you baby stepped halfway to something like that. The, they become comfortable with that and then they go, this is actually the best way to do things and it creates this like inevitability of like, or this non-inevitability, like we'll never get to actually nationalizing something because they think this is just 
this is the only way to to stay within the realm of comfort. Like it's just like a ripping a bandaid off or something. Like I I kind of tend to think, yeah, you should just push nationalization because then when you have people on board with it, they're not like they're not like uh, one foot out the door, like half on board. Like no, I mean, yeah, we should absolutely push nationalization. I'm definitely not calling for like a DSA antitrust working group or anything. But the fact that this is happening could be, you know, it. We can either like, it, you know, it's say it sucks along with everything else Biden is doing, or we could potentially use it as a step forward and use it as an example of, oh, the government actually can control things. Uh, so why not take it a step further? Uh, why not nationalize it at some point? Uh, plus, there are going to be some good residual effects, like the pipeline being blocked and things like that, that like things should be regulated more, right? And this this is going to entail a lot more of that, which is good. I get you. I just, the centrism of it kind of no, yeah. scares me. That I'm not thrilled with it either. Or I'm not thrilled with this as like the end point, and I'm not an antitrust Part, like, if all they're going to do is just break up Amazon and Facebook into a bunch of different Facebooks, I don't necessarily – I think that could have a lot of negative ramifications. Uh, I get, what I'm getting at is, state like, is actually- this is how we got here, right? Like, stuff like Obamacare being, like, a halfway point to right. nationalizing something like the, you know, like, health insurance caused fucking Trump in a lot of ways – yeah, you know? well, I mean, if Obama, but you know, if Obamacare was actually like, hey, we're going to give everybody uh, Medicare if they're fifty and up, right? If it actually had, because I don't even think Obamacare is a half measure. I think it was just like a non-measure. It was just like let's prop up the private insurance industry. But if it had actually been moving toward uh, government insurance, I, then I guess what peeves my pickle about this entire <laughs> "Are you oh. excited or not for this Biden initiative?" is what we've learned from the last election cycle is that um, whether we endorse certain parts of the Democratic Party's achievements or not, they are going to do their own thing based on their own operators and probably fuck up and give the country to the Republicans either way. So we should really just have our own ideas of what's good and then almost ignore these people. Yeah. I mean, yes. I, In general, I agree. Um... It is going to be interesting to see, though, uh, you know, when because push is coming to shove right now with the Democratic Congress, because it's been a really long time since they've been asked to do anything right in the Clinton era. It was like, OK, let's just take all the the Republican ideas and just deliver on them. And then, oh, great. And we, we continue to take corporate money and all that stuff. And then under Obama, it was like, you know, uh, shit hit the fan with the best they could get was Obamacare, which was a right-wing idea, and that nothing else happened. It was stagnant, and now we've reached the point where, uh, you know, the only time the Democrats are going to win is if the Republicans just completely screw up the pooch. So the DNC and Biden, and they all understand that there has to be some uh, delivery that improves people's quality of life. Uh, and right now, the big thing is um, Medicare negotiating prescription drugs, uh, which there's a bunch of division on. In I'm the, going to have a stroke. <laughs> yeah, right. Because this is something people have been campaigning on. For, they, they've been saying uh, prescription drug prices are too high, and old people see that and say, yeah. I don't want I, – I want lower prescription drug prices. What, what, are you, if I elect you, will you do that? And they say, yeah, I like this. And then they now they've gotten in there. 
and they have a chance to actually do it and let Medicare do bulk pricing and negotiate. And a lot of centrists are like, yeah, no thanks. Um, well, I mean, so I think politically there is an understanding that something's got to give. It's just a you know question is can we push it out? And I think like for the pro act and you know the the budget right now and it could just totally go to shit. I understand that, but there are things that socialists should fight for that could come out of the Biden administration. It's not clear whether antitrust is one because and especially because they don't really need us to do this. This is sort of an elite phenomenon, um, but it does mark, I guess, the potential for government having a different role in the economy, which could, could, not necessarily will, be a building block for uh, state, con- you know, nationalization, expropriation. I I know, I understand. It's just, it's hard to think about some of this stuff sometimes because, like, I mean, we're talking about the spiral of half measures and, and ebbing and flowing and going back and forth. And maybe, you know, it's just kind of a black hole and it's all happening in the face of like looming climate disaster. And there's yeah. just a fucking, there's a t- timer, you know, ticking and it's just like, there's, this will not get us anywhere we need to be within the amount of time that we have. And also, you know, you're a human being, your life's short. Our, for our friend, J.R. Bolsonaro is in the hospital right now and he's, <laughs> been hiccuping for fucking 10 days on end and you know he's not gonna see the end of this he's got a tube coming out of his face and they're somehow they're they're pumping the shit out of his colon up through his lungs out of his face for some reason out of his nose Ooh. the shit is going from a to a bag out of his nose this is all otherwise otherwise it's in your mouth yeah this is all real by the way if it sounds like we're doing a bit uh Look it up. It's pretty cool. He went to the hospital for hiccups because he has like a cartoon, like a cartoon I drunk. Hiccups a lot. I'm a little worried about that. Have you ever had them have for you, eleven yeah, ever... days on end? If you uh, have, you need to go not to the like hospital. continuously. But I've gotten like, you know, I've gotten hiccups uh, throughout eleven days in a row. I think. Uh, you gotta go to the hospital. Yeah, well, he actually go to the hospital. the 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 headline is like funny. It's like, oh, he has ten days of hiccups or whatever. But I guess the real story is that's a symptom of like he said an an intestinal obstruction. You know, he's only sixty six years old. He's the mm. most sickly man <laughs> in the world. Yeah, I'm reading he's an article. Been attacked by emus. <laughs> he's had COVID nine times. god is trying to kill him for destroying the rainforest he went on the radio and he said i apologize to everyone who is listening to me because i've been hiccuping for five days now so he's hiccuping while he's saying it on the radio he says i have have the hiccups 24 hours a day (laughs) and his son his son described him as almost dead his son flavio (laughs) Flavio. Yeah, sorry. I just wanted to transition into talking Flavio about the story. What, what would it be, like, Flavio Flav? What would it be like having hiccups in your sleep? That sounds like a disaster. I feel like I've had it pretty bad before, and like that feeling sucks. But you can't feel it when you're asleep. I think it just hard, fucking keeps you from being able to sleep, right? I don't know. Yeah, you would think so, which means he hasn't slept for 10 days. That's why he's always got those dark rings under his eyes. He probably doesn't uh, sleep yeah. very much. He looks Is like... Is he going to be more powerful if he gets healed? 
Yeah, he's like a Super Saiyan. That's right. That's why he keeps almost dying, is because he, like, he recovers harder, and then it makes him stronger, like Vegeta. He'll move to an even more important office in Brazil. Yeah. He'll be Super Prime Minister. (laughs) The legendary role, only given to Brazilians once every 10,000 years. Yeah. Anyway, uh, best wishes, J-Ear. Bolsonaro. Send your prayers. Yeah, prayers up for Jair Bolsarona um, and his many medical maladies. Bolsarona. Yeah. Fantastic Jair. All right. Well, I think this has been a podcast. Um, this has been a podcast. Let's do plugs um, and get out of here. Don't shock people. For real. <laughs> Unless you're having fun with your friends. Right. One of you or trying to gun. make yourself come or not come. Yeah. If it's come related, it's all right. The only police officer who should be able to shock you is your love partner dressed up Old. as a sexy police person. Yeah. And not a real cop. Cops shouldn't do that. They shouldn't be allowed to have sex. The RoboCop should be well, armed with dildos. That would make them even more aggressive if they, you know... If they were... Do, do a Rocky and don't fuck. Yeah. No, no come challenge for cops. Like those porn videos. We should be able... You know what? To stave off police brutality, maybe we should be able to use the orgasm phaser on them. I mean, I understand the theory. This is just like the thing we were just talking about, but it's only going to make things worse. <laughs> It's centrism. And by and the way, I'm not, the face yeah. of climate annihilation is only going to make say, cops I'm, come harder. I'm I'm just looking for something to be optimistic about, and I, I am not an antitrust person at all. I I made I make fun of Matt Stoller a lot because I think, as a theory of the way the economy should work, what is the appropriate number of soap firms? Like it doesn't. It's stupid. Yes, I I am a socialist. Died in the wool. Uh, but maybe this it pisses capital off, which is a reward in and of itself. I feel like we've come upon sort of a like a social paradox. Should yeah. cops come or not? Which one? Because I don't like either outcome. I don't want them to feel good, but I also I know that this, all the anger is probably coming from sexual frustration because these people mm-hmm. are. You know, clearly there's all sorts of weird trad stuff going on with them, and that you know they're all probably. You know, angry and, and and not in touch with themselves and, and stuff like that. So I mean, but uh, I unanswerable question. You have to choose radical love and start jacking everyone off. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the only way we're going to move forward from here. Yeah, that might be it. Someone's got to jack these cops off. All right. Well, that's the end of the show. <laughs> um, at Andersley on Twitter Dursley1 on Instagram check out Redacted tonight if you want to see some uh, Russian propaganda Cuban propaganda as well uh, we're on Partable.tv and YouTube and uh, Autism Self Advocacy Network is doing some great work They, I, I mean I don't know if I should be plugging them because they probably if they know about me are probably not the hugest fans uh, that I reject the autism label, but they do do a lot of important work, including on abusive therapies. Uh, so that's that's my plug. 
Okay. Okay. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Patak Test Kitchen, a one-stop shop for all sorts of exciting flavors. Uh, and listen to the final season of Theater of Delights, season three, out night, fa- out now, Fahrenheit 420. The temperature at which weed burns and catches fire, a series of dystopias about what if weed was illegal. And uh, check that out. All the series is up there, and uh, I have completed it. I am number one. Hell yeah. Uh, okay, so I have another podcast. It's called Why You Mad. Uh, we just had the guy from the... We just had Frederick Brennan, who, if you watched the HBO documentary Q Into the Storm, he's the cool one. Uh, the, the guy in the wheelchair, um, that was really cool. He came on our show and talked about cool stuff like being a furry. Um, I'm also going on tour with, uh, my pal Avery Moore starting August 13th in Houston. We'll also be going to San Antonio, Austin, Fort Worth, Oklahoma city, Albuquerque, El Paso, Phoenix, LA, and Las Vegas. Uh, all the details should be up soon on my pinned tweet and all that stuff. I'm still working out some of the the show times and stuff like that. And this is coming out probably Saturday night. So if you're around July 18th, Sunday, tomorrow, as I'm recording this, um, I'm on a panel with a new media company, uh, like a new leftist media group called AWIP, Another World is Possible. Um, it's, I don't know how I got booked on this. I shouldn't be on it. I'm way out of my league here. I'm going to be speaking with Tim Black, the Gravel teens, uh, Nina Turner is going to talk, and I'm going to talk about, I don't know what you know, culture or something like that. Um, so that should be pretty cool. That is at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, and just look up AWIP in Other World as Possible, and it's on their website. Um, that's it. crowd work. I mean, it's on Zoom, which is hard. But I could try. I got something hard for you. <laughs> I got a shock for you, buddy. Not my Zoom call. I should be able to shock you guys. You should be able to shock me. That'd be cool. That was the way we recorded this podcast. If I bring up uh, the 96 presidential election, you get shocked. Yeah. I was against this idea at first, but now I'm for it. (laughs) Okay. All right. It's finished. I'm leaving.